1: Hello, thank you for joining me for this episode 259 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today is part two of The Teenage Perspective. And hopefully, you listened last week to part one. If you didn't, I suggest you maybe pause this episode now and go back and listen to that one first because that would just be a good foundation leading up to this. Now, last week we spoke to the parents regarding their teenager and the teenager's perspective, which I hope was super helpful to all of you listening. Now, today we're gonna do a different spin on this and we're actually going to be talking directly to your teenager. Now, I've never done this before, I don't actually know what the response will be like. That all depends on you and whether or not you share this with your teenager. Now, I know that you don't know what I'm about to say in this show, so I have no problem with you taking a listen first to make sure that everything I do say and my guest says is acceptable to you before you share it with your teen. Or you can listen together. It really doesn't matter. Um, I just think that it's really important for teenagers to understand that people do care and that they do have a voice. And if you've ever heard your teenager say to you, mom, dad, you just don't understand, right? You don't understand what it's like to be a teenager. You just don't get it. Then this show is for them so that we can validate them. We can show them that we do understand. I know we forget it sometimes as parents, but if we stop and think about things, we really should understand that it is probably not easy to be a teenager in today's world. Certainly not easy being a teenager in a blended family as well. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I really hope that your teenager enjoys it. Now if you are a teenager listening right now and you want to contact me after the show for any extra support or if you have a question, you can also email me melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and please feel free to go through the archive and see if there's any other topics that can help you. These are usually geared towards adults but teenagers are young adults, and so some of the information can help you as well. I'm gonna be skipping all of the extra announcements today since I know that I have teens listening and I wanna respect their time and everybody's time. So I'll only say this, if you like what you hear today, please share the show with a friend or family member who might need to hear the message. And that is all. Enjoy this episode with my guest, Brad. So last week we spoke to Brad Jaffe, who's here today again to help us with part two of the Teenage Perspective, and I will introduce him again, but if you missed that show, please go listen to that one first because it's a foundation for this show and um, it's for the parents. This one's going to be for the kids today. So Brad is a licensed therapist in South Florida who works with young adults struggling with mood, anxiety, and personality disorders, as well as dysfunctional families. Brad believes that treatment involves not just the identified patient, but the entire family. In addition to his private practice, he's on the corporate therapist for one of the leading e-commerce companies in the country and is an adjunct professor of clinical practice at Florida Atlantic University. He holds degrees from the University of Florida and Columbia University and studied at the American Institute for Psychoanalysis. If he has free time, he enjoys cycling, traveling, and trying to train his Wheaton Terrier puppy, Gracie. Now, this show today is for the teenager in the blended family, and it is part two of the Teenage Perspective. So if you have a teenager available, please have them listen to the show with you so that they have answers for some of their concerns. So grab them right now, or if they're not available, just send this to them on their phone, and then um, they can take a listen. But I really would love if you can listen together so you can discuss it afterwards. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I'm hoping that my teenagers are listening now, and we will make this short for you. But basically, I wanted, and I'm Melissa Brown, by the way, if you're just jumping on. I wanted to provide this show for you, the teenager in the blended family, because I know how difficult it is to be a child living through your parents' divorce, as well as what comes after the divorce sometimes, such as your parents dating, getting remarried. Maybe there's some arguments and different things going on. You might have a new blended family, and that comes with many new issues that you have to deal with now, like a step-parent, step-siblings, your bio-parents not getting along and putting you in the middle. And I know how hard that is because it happened to me when I was young, But I also myself have gotten divorced and remarried and have four kids that I watch struggle over the years with their own issues. And most of the time, the parents are absorbed in their own struggles, and they don't always realize how difficult it is to be you, a teenager, in today's world, especially after divorce. So that's a little bit about me. But Brad, I would like for you to please introduce yourself to our teenage listeners and tell them why you think you can understand their position in the blended family.
0: Sure. So I, you know, thank you again for the introduction. So you you know, in terms of, of understanding teenagers, like I, I've been there. I, I get it. And my approach, I think, is one that is is unique in that, you know, parents will will oftentimes call and say, my teenager this, my teenager that. You know, they they're not doing this, they're not doing that. And what I often find is that uh, a teenager is responding to what is happening at home. A teenager is responding to what's happening. Uh, in the family, with their parents, with their siblings. And so so my approach is that I, I have often found that while some of what their parents are saying is true, that the teenagers are not entirely at fault. And what I like to say to families all the time is, and I think teenagers and adults too, of course, would appreciate this, is that I ask family members and particularly parents to assess their contribution to what is happening and what i what i mean by that is it's not to blame that's not at all what it is but what is happening amongst various family members that is facilitating what is going on with a teenager and so by doing that i'm i'm ensuring that everybody uh, has a seat at the table and that everybody's able to have a voice and when teenagers feel that they do not have a voice or that their parents are making all the decisions or that they're doing things you know against their wishes By doing this, it allows teenagers to be more empowered in their own treatment and more empowered ultimately in their own families.
1: That's great. So if you're a teenager listening right now, you probably are in a blended family. Um, You know you're in the right place, and we're going to help you today. And we know that being a teenager can be really difficult having divorced parents as well as having a new blended family. It's already challenging just being you, a teenager in today's world. But my listeners today have added layers and I know that. So Brad, what can you say to my teens listening who are struggling accepting their new blended family, whether it's the idea of it or perhaps they don't really get along with all of the new family members, whatever the reason may be, how can they adapt to these changes that they don't always feel are their choices and how can they learn to be happy there?
0: Sure. So I, so I think, you know, part of it is 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 really assessing what is in your control, and what's not in your control. And so for teenagers, you know, there are some things that you just cannot control. For example, uh, a parent remarrying, a parent forming a new family, the children that come along with a new partner, those things are out of your control. What is in your control, though, is the ability to express whatever is bothering you to a particular parent. Your, what is in your control is the ability to to. And maybe go speak to somebody and say, hey, all, you know, all this stuff is bothering me. I don't know what's going on. Maybe somebody can help me out with it. Now, of course, that's there's a lot of, of, of introspection that happens with that. And, and, and a lot of teenagers and you and I probably did not have that as teenagers, you know, just being able to sort of sit and ponder you know, what's bothering us and why it's bothering us. But parents can encourage teenagers uh, to do that. and I, And I think for teenagers, what's important is to be able to to speak openly to your parents, and as we've talked about in in our previous show, is that teenagers should have the safety, the security, and the right to be as part of a family to voice what's going on with them. And so, by doing that, hopefully, they're able to sort of discuss, uh, explore, examine, whatever you want to call it, what's bothering them, and that as a family, those those issues can be can be resolved.
1: That's great. Now, I know one of the biggest challenges for many teens is that they don't like the partner that their bio parent has picked. As a kid, we don't always have a say in what happens. and We definitely can't choose who our parents pick as a partner. And I'm sure I have some listeners right now who are saying, yes, it's me. I don't like my step-parent, but what can I even do about it? And what can they do? We know we can't control who our parents choose, but can you talk to my listeners and maybe give them some tools to cope with this? And also, should they communicate? This to their bio parent, and if so, then how?
0: Yeah, so so I'll start with the last question. I, I do think that they should communicate. You know, sometimes what we see is that there's a different set of rules, you know, for for biological children than there is for stepchildren. And when you're living under the same roof, and you say, "Wait a second, there's there's something missing here," and, and I do think it's important. What's important is that is that teenagers, just as parents, are not put in the middle, and where there are and where we're sort of various newly formed coalitions or alliances have to be formed. that ultimately provides a lot of, of destruction and dysfunction in families. What's important is that parents a, a, and I know you know not just speaking to teens but also to parents that parents have an understanding that teenagers are, are this is a very natural reaction that they're not supposed to be totally accepting of a new parent that they' that it's very normal to be skeptical that it's normal to have questions. Uh, that it's normal to say, well, I'm not so sure if if this is something that, that I like. And so if, if there is an environment that allows for some questioning and then ultimately for for people to be able to explore this as a family, to allow for that open communication, for people to be able to voice their, for teenagers to be able to say something and not be punished, then I think you're more likely to, to overcome some of these hurdles that you're mentioning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough. And we understand that for you listening. We understand how tough it is to be a teenager in a blended family or a child in a blended family. We know how hard it is. And we know that sometimes you also feel like you're in the middle of your parents. Sometimes your parents are bad mouthing one another, other times they're using you to relay messages. Back and forth, and no matter when or why, it doesn't feel good to you, and we know that. Um, and so, Brad, how can the listeners help their parents understand if they are constantly being pushed in the middle? How can they help their understand their parents understand that this is problematic for them? And what can they try to do to put a stop to that? How can they communicate this in a, in a good way so that their parents will accept?
0: So, I always like to say is, you know, it's to word it in a way that says. Let's say that, you know, I'm badmouthing a, a parent to, uh, to, my, to my child, to my teenage child. And if I'm a teenager, I, I would simply interrupt and say, hey, that sounds like it's an issue between the two of you. Um, I, don't, I don't think I should be a part of this. In other words, leave me out of whatever's happening with you and somebody else, because ultimately, I'm not, there's no advantage to me, and you're putting me in a very difficult position. It's not my business what's happening between two parents. Uh, that is an issue that should be resolved between them, and so again, teenagers have every right to say, "Do not involve me. Leave me out of this. This is not my, this is not my concern. This is not my fight. This is not my argument." And by doing so, they're putting the the responsibility back on the parents to ultimately resolve their own issue, and not force children to take sides.
1: I love that so much. To see if you're listening, you do have a voice and you can use it. And if you use it in the proper way, exactly the way Brad is saying, um, that your parents will be much more receptive to listening to you when you can state your case very maturely like that. Um, So that's really um, a good answer. And I hope that the teenagers listening can use that. Now, what about step-siblings? Because a lot of times these Blended families are formed, and the kids get instant new siblings, and they are expected to love one another right away, but they don't feel that way sometimes. It's what their parents expect, but it's not always like that in real life. So, what can you say to those who don't get along with their step siblings and they feel pressured about it? Um, what, what do they need to know that can help them through this situation?
0: I think mean, putting it in some context, you know, if you meet somebody you know, uh, for the first time, you don't love that person right away. Love is something that, that takes time. It's something that, that is formed over, over uh, a different, uh, you know, um, the way that comes to mind is uh, just sort of went, went out, went out, but um, different experiences. And those, you, you're not, you can't force this on somebody. What I think is important is, is rather than pursuing it from a lens of love is pursuing it from a lens of of, of number one is respect and also getting to know somebody. Because in, in some ways, step siblings are kind of strangers. I mean, you know, your parents get together and then all of a sudden, you know, they say, oh, by the way, these, these are my kids. And, and now you're brother and sister. Now you're, you know, now you're going to live under the same roof. And, and that can be, you know, threatening. It can be anxiety producing. It can be confusing. And so I think what's important is is that there's a period of time where people get to know each other. Where you find out who the other person is, where you find out what you might have in common and, and what you don't have in common, you know. Ult- ultimately, I think if you can find some common ground, uh, then you're you're more likely to have a a better uh, and more well adapted blended family. But I don't think that parents should expect that step step-sibli- step siblings, you know, from the get go are, are gonna are gonna be best friends because we wouldn't expect that of ourselves either. We wouldn't expect to to meet somebody and to say, okay, now you're best friends. Now, you know, uh, now you love this person. And so I think we have to have a more reality-based approach to to how the relationship develops among uh, various step-siblings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. It's really tough. I know the position that you're in to try to make your parents happy, but you just... Feelings just don't develop instantly. You can certainly try to get to know one each other better. And I think that as parents, that's what we need to cultivate in our own blended family home is an opportunity for the kids to get to know one another better. But we definitely can't Force that. And as a teenager, you shouldn't be forced into that position. Now, I know we don't have time today to discuss every single issue that could come up. And there are so many in blended families for teenagers. Um, But what I would like to do for the listeners who have maybe other challenges that we are not able to talk about today, I really feel that once you can identify what the issue is, after that, it's all about communication. And Brad, I know you've been talking about communication. So I know that it's healthy for them to communicate, but they don't always have confidence to take right. their issues to their parents or a trusted person for help. So when it comes to this, I really want you to encourage my listeners, uh, maybe give them some tools on learning how to open up and communicate, um, how they should go about some difficult conversations, maybe if they have that they're holding in and wh- tell them why it's important to communicate and how to do it in the best way, no matter what the issue is.
0: Yeah. So I think one, one really great way to do it is is for teenagers to, to begin opening up by by admitting what it is that they're concerned about, and what I mean by that is, is teenagers could be skeptical that what they're going to say is going to be met with rejection. Teenagers are going to be scared or or anxious about saying something that might result in uh, in you know a parent giving them a, a certain look or, or or not being accepted. And and what I think is important is teenagers to build that into what they're saying. So in other words. If I'm a teenager, and so for teenagers listening, to say to your parents, look, I've been very anxious. I've had a lot of difficulty even bringing this up to you. I, I, I'm very anxious. I'm very fearful that what I, what I say is going to be met with rejection. By doing that, you're neutralizing what it is that you're, that you're afraid of, and, and you reduce the risk of any sort of conflict or confrontation because you're putting out there what's bothering you. And you're setting it up in a way that says, look, this is something that's been very difficult for me to share. I've been thinking about this for weeks. I, I can't sleep. I'm," and, and that in itself is sort of a, an intervention for yourself to be able to express to a parent and to show to a parent, you know, how much this is something that has been bothersome to you. And, and I think that's a very effective way to communicate to a parent.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. And for the listeners, you know, your parents, they want to know what's going on with you. They might not always like everything that you say, just like you don't like everything that they say, but they want to know what's going on inside of you. Um, And Brad, I love the way that you worded that. You always use I statements, which is such a better way. To communicate, than saying to your parents, you know, you never listen to me. Sure. Um, it's best to say, I don't feel heard about something or whatever. So that was really, really good. Um, I know this is only one special show for teenagers, but I imagine some after listening might need some additional support. So, are there any resources or tools for teens that are listening to help them move forward after they listen to this?
0: I think it's important for, for teenagers to say, look, if there's if, if I want to speak to somebody, I think teenagers should take full advantage of, 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 of finding a professional and, and, and speaking, even if it's just a vent. You know, I don't think you need to go in with a with an objective other than to say, look, I, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about what's happening in my family. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about what's my reaction to it. I, I, I'm i finding myself in disagreements. I'm finding myself a bit more agitated. I'm having a difficult time adapting, and and I think teenagers, you know, uh, especially we know today that teenagers are, are are very open about their own. I don't want to call it mental health needs. I think they're just their own needs, uh, their own responses to family, and so finding somebody to speak to, uh, it, it is very important. That's a very important outlet for for teens. You know, there's one. It's one thing to speak to friends. It's one thing to to speak to siblings. It's it's one thing to post. A bunch of different things online, but I but I do think there's there's significant value in, in finding a, a professional and saying, "Hey, look, I got all this stuff going on in my life, and I just need help making sense of it."
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I used to tell my kids all the time. Who I, I've had kids that were resistant to getting um, help with their mental health, but I used to tell them, "Wouldn't you love to be able to just?" Talk about your parents if you need to. Talk about anything you want to a trusted person that you can count on to just listen to you. And so I think that that's some really great advice. And uh, last, Brad, if you could take a moment to just talk to my listening teenagers right now, what's the best advice you can give them if they're finding themselves in a difficult blended family situation?
0: Make sure that you find your voice and you let it be heard. You know, you and, and what I mean by that is as teenagers, you you're part of a family, you're part of of what's happening and you you have an obligation and a right not just to your family, but to yourself to, to speak up. And I think what's important is, is that is that to know that parents are not the only ones with a say you're part of a family, you're part of a system. And as part of that system, you experience all the changes that are happening and there's no need to hold it in. Um, because ultimately you end up hurting yourself by holding it in. And so speak to your parents, open up, say what's bothering you, um, discuss it in an open way. And going back to, uh, to what you said earlier about using I statements, say, this is without blaming, this is something that's, that's been on my mind. This is something that's bothering me. This is something that I'm, I'm struggling with. And I was, and and I'm hoping that we could speak about it. You know, what, once, you know, I know it's, there's a lot of restrictions in place now with, with being able to get out and, and, and go somewhere. But I encourage kids and teenagers to, to say to a parent, hey, let's go grab lunch. Let's go take a walk. I, there's some stuff on my mind that I want to talk about. And I think just the, that gesture is a very genuine sign to a parent and ultimately to the relationship that you take it very seriously and that there's something that's bothering you and you want to be able to speak about it.
1: Mm, I agree. I agree. Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show again. uh, If my listeners want to reach out, what's the best best place to find you?
0: So you can go to my my website, which is bradjaffeetherapy.com. And if you go to the contact Contact me page and send me a note, that's the best way to get in touch with me.
1: Great. And I really want to give a big shout out and thank you to my teenagers listening. If you have made it this far in the show, if you're still listening, I'm really thankful. And I hope that it was helpful to you. I know it's not easy to grow up in today's world. And hopefully today's show helped you with some of your struggles. And for the parents, thank you for trusting myself and Brad to speak directly to your young adults. I think when we can all understand their perspective of things, it can really change the way we relate with them. So thank you so much for joining us today.